0: Ventrell miller has been suspended for the first half of the florida state game due to targeting in the second half of the vanderbilt game which is a, a questionable we'll say but we're going to talk about how florida can replace him you can't but how you could try to here on locked on gators you are locked on gators your daily podcast on the florida gators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Ah, hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find written work with whole nine sports and giants, country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10. Or more. And we have a, an impromptu impromptu um, mailbag episode today because the Lockdown Gators Discord had a couple questions and I was like, you know what? Those are some damn good questions. So we'll make the whole show about it. The first one is from 2Dude. We're talking about Ventrell Miller because Ventrell Miller is, of course, suspended for the first half of the Florida State game. So how can you replace him? Um, and again, he's suspended because of the targeting call, which I know people were iffy about. Personally, I, I don't think it was a bad targeting call. I just think that the ejection and suspension for targeting that isn't malicious or intentional is my issue. I don't I I fully support targeting calls. I just think that the penalty for things that are accidents are just way too big, way too dramatic. Uh, but he's suspended for the first half of Florida State. And when it comes down to it, you can't replace Ventro Miller. You can try to, but you can't really do it. But... How can Florida do it? Uh, We'll talk more Friday about specifics and how you can do that against this Florida State team. Uh, Because, again, we'll have crossover Thursday this Thursday, and then Friday we'll preview the game, and then Friday night is the game. The last time Ventra Miller missed time was the South Florida game earlier this year. And it was bad. Uh, Scooby Williams got the start for Florida, and Billy Napier was very open, like, hey, this is an opportunity for Scooby Williams. That's what we're doing. He's earned this opportunity, and we're going to give him the opportunity to step up. Florida got gashed consistently on the ground. And I mean gashed. Uh, Gave up 286 yards in the game, 6.2 yards per carry both of which are still, to this date, the worst numbers that Florida's had as rushing defense in the season, as in they've never given up more than 286. They haven't given up more than 6.2 yards per carry. uh, Second highest was six. So the worst numbers for the Florida Gators defense, that's obviously not Scooby Williams' fault individually. It was a matter of not having your most vocal defensive leader, not having your best run defender, replacing him with someone who is, Not nearly as good a run defender. I have no issues with Scooby Williams. I think he's great. I just don't think that run defense is his biggest strength. And I know that myself, along with a lot of Gators fans, will say it should be Amari Bernie and Shamar James starting this week against Florida State. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Maybe they'll do it, but based on the depth chart, The linebacker spots are not the same linebacker spots, obviously. So Amari Burney is still probably going to have his same role that he usually does, Uh, meaning Shamar James is also probably going to play that role rotationally behind him. Um, I'm assuming Shamar James is not ready to be the Mike as a starter this week. Maybe Amari Burney is ready to be the Mike as a starter and Shamar James could be the Will. That'd be the ideal situation, but that's not my expectation here. I'm assuming Amari Burney will start at the Will with Derek Wingo hopefully being the next man up. We got to see Scooby Williams get his starting opportunity. He did not make the most of it. And again, that's not a knock on him. I think it's incredibly difficult to step up and replace Ventura Miller of all people. But when it comes down to it, uh, Scooby Williams didn't do it. He didn't get the job done. That was against South Florida. You're playing a significantly better team now in Florida State. And I think Derek Wingo... Just stylistically is the better fit. Not even talking about being a leader or communicator, but just stylistically, I think Derek Wingo is the better fit. He hasn't played much this season. I think he's got like 70 snaps on the year. But when he has played, he's been lights out against the run. This is a team that is going to run the football. And with Florida State going towards more of a gap run style this year, that is what has given Florida fits this year. Against the zone, they've been better. But against gap-style runs, Florida's gotten annihilated. That's what South Florida did a lot of, gap runs. And it just cooked Florida. I think that you don't have Ventrell for the first half. So you're also kind of just playing to make it to the second half in run defense. Uh, You don't have Ventrell. Scooby Williams struggled. Shamar James probably won't be thrown into the the starting lineup there. I think that you have to go, okay, well... We'll, we'll take what we can get and, and we'll we'll throw Derek Winkle out there because Derek Winkle also, I thought, I remember after last year I was talking about this, I was like, he's pretty solid against the run. You have a team that is going to run the football against you. That's what they want to do. That's what they will do. I just hit my computer while I was talking, um, but that's what they want to do. That's what they will do. And I think that they're just going to give you fits and... We'll, again, we'll elaborate this uh, more on Friday when we really get in-depth on it. Fully expect the Gators to blitz like hell on the early downs. On first down, second down, expect blitzes because I think that's the best way to replace Ventura. Miller. You don't have a player anywhere on this defense, anywhere on this team with the football IQ and the the play recognition skills like Ventra Miller. You don't have that anywhere else. So how do you supplement that? You have guys already knowing they're going to be in that range, and you blitz like hell. And I I think that's what you should do on early downs. Second half, you can come out with a completely different game plan because you have Ventra Miller back, but to replace him, you can't do it. You can just try to supplement the loss a little bit, and I think you start Derek Wingo and you blitz like hell, and that, those are your best chances to do it. We're about to get to the next question, which is going to take up the rest of the show, because it's a fantastic question. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And I will tell you, i um, been using family members' car for the past week. I had to fill that thing up. I was ready to fight them. I was ready to fight them. That was insane. Um, that's why I started using Upside, though. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, dines out, which I do incessantly. With every purchase, you earn cash back thanks to Upside. Download the free Upside app, use our promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, Lockdown Gators Discord gifted us with a, a bonus, or not a bonus, but an impromptu mailbag episode. And L.Y. basically asked, Billy Napier's year one expectations, how has he lived up to them? Billy Napier's year two and year three expectations, what should they be? And I broke both of these down. We'll talk about year one right now and year two and three Later on in the episode, uh, but I broke them down into on-field and recruiting because obviously those are two different things, and you you will be graded on both of them. But we we'll, we can break it down here. On-field is where things get a bit muddy. I'll say most realistic expectations, and I want to make it very clear: realistic expectations were five to seven wins. After beating Utah, those skyrocketed to, you know, nine, 10 wins. Not realistic. You should know. Any given Saturday, we saw, we, um, you beat Utah, you lost to Vanderbilt. I think that says a lot about college football being just so hot and cold. But most realistic expectations, five to seven wins. Right now, Florida's at six. So congratulations, you are in the realistic wheelhouse. And you have a, I'll say, slim chance to get to eight wins because Florida needs to beat Florida State this week, which just odds-wise, not likely, but Florida needs to beat Florida State this week. Again, I, th- I think they could, and I, I'm totally open to being like, yeah, they should win that game, 50-50, whatever. Um, realistically, you could get to eight wins. You'd have to beat Florida state and then you have to win your bowl game, whatever that might be. But also when you look on field, not just the win totals, because when you're in that first year, I think it's important to say, also when you're in the first year of a program with that fired their coach, if you're in the first year of a program, whether a coach retired or whether a coach took a bigger job, I don't think you get this same, uh, I don't want to say you know buy or cop out or anything, but I don't think you get the same leniency. We'll say, um, but you you took over a program in shambles. Head coach got fired the same year he got an extension. Head coach got fired. You made a bowl game. That's a big plus. Every game you lost besides Vanderbilt was to a ranked team, and every loss besides Georgia was one or two plays away from being completely different. It's incredibly close. And I, th- I think that you have to take that and say, okay, like he's getting to most of these players. More importantly, again, more importantly than wins, more importantly than losses, your offensive line is the best offensive line you've seen in Gainesville since Urban Meyer's days. It's been a long time since you've had an offensive line as strong and as good. And I, by strong, I don't mean physically strong. They are physically strong. But I mean in terms of level of comfort. You haven't had an offensive line this good in a decade. So you, you've got that. That's a big plus for you. Offensive line's best it's been since Urban Meyer days. With Mullen recruits. That's a thing. Uh, obviously, your best offensive lineman is not a Mullen recruit, but you get it. Run game is incredible schematically, and in terms of, you know, the offensive line's been great. Your two leading running backs, both guys that Billy Napier brought in, a true freshman and a transfer sophomore from his last school. So run game, been incredible. Your defense has been so hot and cold, but... Started very cold for most of the season and then got very hot. And I think that's an important distinction where you look at a team that every week had improved in different areas. Sometimes you regress in other areas, but in every week up until the Vanderbilt game, you improved in every area. I think the Vanderbilt game just sucked everywhere. But every week until the Vanderbilt game, you improved in every possible area, and that's an important thing to talk about because too often are we just looking at wins or losses or how close the losses are or how close the wins are. Very rarely are like, well, Anthony Richardson came in here this season just not looking like a quarterback from what we've seen. He just was an athlete with a big arm. He's improved. Vanderbilt's a massive step back, but for the most part of the season, he's improved. You get a defense where early on, sucked massively improved throughout the season there were multiple points where we were like okay this thing might get a bit ugly and they just kept improving and I feel like that's kind of all you can ask for right here and then looking at recruiting rocky start to the 2023 class but part of that was, Billy Napier, when he got hired, had to finish off the 2022 class, which he did with Kamari Wilson, breaking the IMG curse. He got Shamar James back after Shamar committed in, I think, April or June, and then decommitted from Florida. I think he committed in June of 2021, decommitted in, like, October. Um, And, and yeah, so there's that. But looking at at just what it's been, Billy Napier brought in a good number of, of recruits. Look at who is playing. We've talked about, you know, Dan Mullen didn't recruit that much because Dan Mullen would do this really cute thing where he'd have a relatively high ranking class because he'd bring in high ranking recru- recruits without a ton of competition elsewhere or where he was the better competition. And he'd get to buff his classes up. The true freshmen wouldn't play a ton. A lot of guys would be ineligible, which is why they weren't being recruited by other schools. Or they would barely be eligible, which is why they weren't recruited by other schools. And we didn't see true freshmen play often. Now with Billy Napier, you see that happen a lot. True freshmen are playing. Billy Napier's got Trevor Etienne as a, not starter, but a massive contributor. Shamar James... Rotational player, plays a lot. Chris McClellan started not playing a ton, has begun playing a ton. Uh, Devin Moore was a rotational corner, got injured, missing the rest of the season. Kamari Wilson has worked his way into the lineup. His playing times were very inconsistent. Miguel Mitchell has cracked the lineup. Montreal Johnson is your starting running back and one of the most impressive running backs in the country right now. Caleb Douglas is a true freshman receiver that – I'll I'll say I called that he'd be good. He's been making the most of his opportunities. Ty, check Bowman, was a late add to the 2022 class, and he has found playing time. He's been okay so far. They've all played solid snaps. Also, Osiris Torrance is a Billy Napier and Rob Sill recruited. Billy Napier and Rob Sill developed player. He's the best guard in the country right now, and he's a Billy Napier kid. Like that, that should ring to you, you know. Like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, he, like he knows what he's doing, and I get it. No top fifty player. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, I do want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. The Florida Gators are currently nine and a half point underdogs against Florida State this Friday night. I am taking Florida to cover the spread. I don't even care about talent-wise. It's just a rivalry game. I feel like I will always take this I will always take the underdog to cover the spread, because rivalry games are weird, dude. It's it's as simple as that. But Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting and sports information. Needs head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we've got the last part of L.Y.'s question where we're talking about year two and year three expectations and how Florida can kind of not even live up to them, but what should they be? And here's the thing I will say. As always on this show, realistically, that's what we're doing. I'm not living in fantasy land. I'm here to give you actual analysis and actual opinions. I will also say any prediction for next year is impossible without knowing Anthony Richardson's status, which obviously we don't know yet, and we won't know probably for another month or so. So there's that. Unless, of course, after the Florida State game, he puts out a statement. He's like, hey, I mean, they're sitting out the bowl game. or the bowl game be my last game? We've seen players start putting out those statements. Um, we'll see. But every other player, you could say there is a plan to replace them or there is a player in place to replace them if they leave. Not necessarily Anthony Richardson. And by that, I'm not knocking any of the other quarterbacks in this on this roster right now or in the 2023 recruiting class, Jaden Rashada. Um, what I will say is that they're all different from Anthony Richardson. So that's why there's not necessarily a plan to replace him. You could argue it'd be better if he goes. You could argue it'd be worse if he goes. That's fine. I'm not here to argue that. Personally, early on, and again, these expectations will change with the transfer portal, both Florida losing players and gaining players, draft declarations, both Florida losing players and these other opponents losing players. Uh, the recruiting class changes because anything could happen. Florida could have a better or worse recruiting class than you're currently expecting. Could be anything. But next season, I'm looking for seven to ten wins. I think it'll be on the higher end. Um it depends a lot on how Utah is doing and, and what they're doing, but for the most part, I think I feel like you got a good chance of starting six and one, and then you kind of run the gauntlet towards the end there. So I think that Florida should have seven to ten wins. Gators start the year with Utah, have an easier non-conference schedule than they had this year. They've got Charlotte next year, um, which is going to be, you know, uh, a little bit easier than this year was, which is awesome for Florida. Um, Yeah, you've got Charlotte next to you. You've got McNeese. You've got Tennessee without Hendon Hooker. You've got Kentucky without Will Levis. A lot could change. A lot will change. You'll have LSU late in the year without Jaden Daniels, but they've gotten better as the year goes on, so stuff like that. Um, So it's very difficult to predict these things, but seven to 10 wins, and I'm saying seven is the floor. Anything less than that's completely unacceptable. 2024 is impossible to predict, but on paper, that schedule sucks for Florida. Like 2024 is going to be a tough year for Florida. It will. Because you've got Miami, and I don't care what you think about their coaching staff. When you have that much talent that they're going to have from recruiting all these players, they're going to be good. Then you got Sanford. Then you have UCF, which, say what you will about UCF, they're a good program. They're going to be in the Big 12 in their second year. By then, then you have Georgia, Florida State is always Florida State. You got Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. No idea what any of those programs are going to look at by that point. I think the most important thing in both years, besides winning, because obviously in 2023 and 2024, wins matter more, especially in 2024, because you no longer have any excuse of he's using Mullins recruits. That's not a thing anymore. You see it now. He's already cycling out Mullins recruits, and he's just playing his own guys. 2023, you'll see a lot more of that. 2024, it'll be almost exclusively Billy Napier kids most likely. So I think the most important thing, aside from winning, is see improvement, growth, and willingness to change. I think that's the thing where a lot of people aren't looking at it. They're looking at, are you making positive change? I think willingness to change and willingness to try other things and be like, hey, will this work for our team? is an important thing that's being overlooked with this whole coaching staff because I think they've done a fantastic job of making adjustments and figuring things out or trying to figure things out. More than you could say for the Mullen staff where they just be like, well, we're doing what we're doing and as long as we do it better than everybody else then we'll be fine. Um And then you get fired after losing games you shouldn't lose to Missouri and South Carolina. Looking at recruiting, I think it's obvious. Keep building. I know I mentioned, you know, 2023 class, Got off to a rocky start because, again, had to spend so much attention on the 2022 class. Like I said, though, you've still got the number eight class right right now. You've got the number eight class in the country. I think in tw- for the 2024 class and the 2025 class, the expectation is that you get into that top five class. In about two weeks, we'll find out what DJ Lagway is going to do. And if he's a Gator, that's going to be massive. Like, you cannot overstate what that would do for the program Uh, but I think more importantly for Billy Napier even if you're still in that top eight to ten range as a recruiting class you've got to land some top talent Florida's got the number eight class right now with uh, it's 22 commits 18 four stars four three stars you've got to get some five stars you got to get some top 50 players in your program And I think that's an important thing for Billy Napier to do. Again, I will say my point is that I don't know how much that necessarily matters. Optically, it matters. But on field, I don't know how much it matters. Uh, I've said it before. I know someone who worked on a coaching staff with Billy Napier before. And he was telling me, like, hey, Billy Napier is the most meticulous scouter most people right two to three sentences at most on a commit or on a recruit, Billy Napier will write a full-length scouting report. Napier has always been able to find contributors that slip through the cracks and our list is underrated and he gets credited as this incredible developer, which he is, but I think a big part of that that people are overlooking is part of that is because he's looking at these kids and he's saying, I see what I can make them, I see how we can make them great, and he's doing that. So I think that When other commits, when top 50 kids see what Billy Napier is doing with not top 50 kids, I think they'll be like, man, imagine what he could do with me there. So I think that's an important distinction that people need to talk about. But that's about it. Uh, Thank you so much to the Lockdown Gators Discord for giving those questions. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Depth chart, Hayden Hanson, as always. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. You get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WMS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Hold Line Sports and GiantsCountryofSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.